But before we go there, let's just one more time go to the Lord in prayer and just ask Him to be at the center of this service. Amen. Father God, we thank You that You're already here. And Father God, if there's any one of us, God, that have You out of position, even including myself, Lord God, we call You back into the center tonight. I pray that you would be at the center of my thoughts, that you would be at the center of my words, that you would be at the center of this message, that you would be in the center of the hearts of each and every individual that's in this house tonight, God, that we would be able to receive everything that you have for us, that you would be high and lifted up, that you would be glorified, God. I pray that you would come against every hindering spirit, every distraction, Father God, all the the bothersome cares of this week, Lord, the things that the devil would try to do to just distract us tonight. And I pray that you would just give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. I pray that the anointing and the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit would fill this place, God, so that we could go home changed a little bit more like you. We offer you tonight, Father God, the soil of our soul because that's what we're talking about. The sower, the seed, and the soil. But specifically tonight, the soil. So we give you access, God, before the word even comes forth. We surrender our soul to you so that your will could be done in our hearts and in our lives. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So far in the series, if you haven't been with us, uh, we've looked at the sower and the seed in this three-part sower, seed, and soil. The sower being the Lord and the Holy Spirit, and even we've learned you and me, because anyone who calls themselves a Christian is to be a sower of the seed, amen, including you and me. The seed that the devil has no power over that we've looked at. The seed that will endure forever. The seed that will not return void, but will accomplish the very purpose for which Christ has sent it. How many of you know there's a purpose behind every seed? There's a purpose behind every word. And this word will not return void, and it will accomplish the reason that it was sent. This, The seed that we've talked about is the power of God unto salvation. That's the sower part and the seed. And being that the devil has no power over the seed, remember we learned, he messes with the sower and he messes with the soil. Which takes us to John chapter 8, where Jesus explains the parable of the soil, and he says this. Now this is the parable, the seed is the word of God, which we've already learned. The ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and at a time of temptation, trial or tribulation, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And the seed in the good soil, which we'll look at next week, these are those who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. In other words, they bring forth a harvest thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And so far what we've looked at in this series is the fallow heart and the shallow heart. And I always like to just get us up to date, so I'm going to touch on them real quick. The fallow heart is the hardened heart. It's the unplowed heart. It's the heart that is closed to the seed. It's the heart that is reluctant to receive the Word of God, the instruction of God, the, the statutes and the ordinances of God in its own life. Therefore, it cannot believe and be saved. If, it, if, it doesn't, if it's not willing to receive, 
The seed, which is the power of God unto salvation, it cannot be saved. Amen. The second soil or the second soul that we looked at last week was the rocky soil, the soil that is shallow, the heart that doesn't go deep into the springs of living water like we talked about. Therefore, when the trials and the tribulations and the the heartache and the heat and the the sunshine of, of, of the world, church, bears down upon it, it withers up, it dries, and it dies. They cannot bear fruit in every season, and their flower fades as well because they don't go down deep. This heart hasn't gotten past the stone like we learned, that layer of stone, church. It's a heart that has obstacles in the way. It's the soul that hasn't had allowed the Word of God to have a, a deep impact in the soil of its soul, deep impact in its life, church. It's, it's the heart that hasn't sought the Lord like we learned in Hosea uh, until the rain of His righteousness saturates the soil of its soul so then springs of living water can flood the soul and saturate and nurture the seed. Amen. This is the heart that, or the soul that Jesus is talking about in this passage. It's the heart that hasn't gotten past the stone and there is no sustenance because of it. Remember, as we learned last week, we learned that Noah worked until it rained. Amen. You see, Hosea said, seek the Lord until the rain of his righteousness saturates your soul. And we learned that Noah worked and toiled with God's will until it rained, church. And we need to learn to do the same thing. For a hundred years, he did everything the Lord had commanded him until it rained, church. The same was said for Moses, which I alluded to last week when it came to building the tabernacle. In Exodus forty sixteen, it says the same thing. Moses did everything just as the Lord had commanded him concerning the building of the tabernacle. How that should be you and me. How that should be us, that whatever God asks us to do, we're faithful to do it, church. Exactly as He has told us to do. But here's my point. These two individuals did everything that the Lord commanded them to do because God's Word, because God's seed made a deep impact in their lives. It made a deep impact in the soil of their soul. They didn't take it lightly. And it's one of the biggest problems we have in the house of God. We take the Word of God so lightly. We take the ministry and the seed of salvation so lightly and we do not allow it to have a deep impact in the soil of our soul and then we wonder why there's no harvest. We wonder where the 30, 60 and 100 fold harvest is, church. Here's what the truth that I want you to get out of this is that Moses allowed the fiery finger of God to inscribe his word on more than a tablet of stone. You know the story for 40 days and 40 nights he went up onto the mountain and God spoke to him and God's fiery finger, you know the story, came down and inscribed the law on a tablet of stone. But Moses, listen to this, Moses allowed the word of God to to be inscribed on the soil of his soul. The Word of God had such a great impact. It had such power in his own life that he knew that he he needed to have it inscribed on the tablet of his soul and not just on a piece of stone. He allowed the Word of the living God to break through the stone tablet, church, and be written on the soil of his soul. And you and I have to do the same thing. The Word wasn't just inscribed on a piece of rock. It was inscribed on his heart, church. It made its way deep down into the soil of his soul. And we must allow the seed to do the same thing. So please understand, when it comes to a harvest, we have to get past the rock. 
We have to get past the stone. We have to get past the tablet. Or when the sun is strong and the heat is high, we'll wither up and we'll die. If all you're doing is living off of a tablet, if all you do is living off of a stone, you'll wither up and die when the trials and tribulations come because the Word of God hasn't made its way past the stone into the tablet of your heart. And the reality is there's so many of us in the house of God we're living off the tablet instead of the rivers of living water. We're living off of a tablet. We're living off of a book of rules. We're living off of a a tablet of legalism, of self-righteousness and man-made religion instead of living off the rivers of living water. And it's why we shrivel up and we die. It's why there's no harvest, 30, 60, or 100-fold in our life because we're living off of a list of rules. And those rules haven't made their way into the soil of our soul. We can't do that, church, and expect to have a harvest. The Bible tells me if you try to live by the law, you'll die by the law. If you try to live off of a rock, I'm not talking about the rock of Jesus. I'm talking about the rock of legalism. I'm talking about the rock of man-made lists. If you try living off of that, you'll die and you'll never bring forth a harvest. You need to allow the Word of God to break through the stone and make its way into the soil of your soul. Let it break through that rock so rivers of living water can flow forth. Amen? So if you want to harvest, you've got to go deep. Amen? Not just wide. We've got to get past the stone. Otherwise, like we learn, where we close, we'll crawl around on the surface of the soil of spiritual life and never be nourished and never bring forth fruit. Amen? So as we move on, that was just the intro. Just like there are three degrees of fruitfulness. Three degrees of fruitfulness are mentioned in here. 30, 60, and 100 fold. That's the three degrees of fruitfulness. And depending on what we allow God to do in the soil of our soul, we'll determine the type of fruitfulness that comes forth from our life. What degree of blessings we'll experience. What degree of favor we'll experience. What degree of anointing we'll experience in our life. All has to do with what we allow God to do within the soil of our soul. But just like there's three degrees of fruitfulness, there's three degrees of fruitlessness as well. It's the fallow heart. It's the shallow heart. And the third type of soil that fails to be fruitful is the one that's infested with weeds, with briars, with earthly bushes, with the thorns and the thistles of life. It's the crowded heart, you might say. It's overgrown with the cares and the tears of this wicked world. And the Bible tells us that it never fully develops. And the sad truth is the house of God and the family of God is filled with undeveloped fruit undeveloped Christians who are not fully developed. All three of these, fallow, shallow, and crowded, all three are fruitless. All three are unproductive. All three, according to the Word of God, are useless. All three of them are barren church. They, they, they're barren of fruit. They're barren of seed. But the one that we're going to look at tonight is the crowded heart. It's the weed-infested heart. And in Mark chapter 4, verses 18 to 19, Jesus said, it's another passage where Mark records this same story. And he records it this way. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. And the first thing that you and I need to notice is that the thorns were already there. The thing that you need to notice about this is that the thorns were already thriving. 
The thorns were already established in this soil and in this soul. The the thorns had already occupied or already occupying this heart, church. The reality is, according to this passage in Jesus' teaching, sin already saturated the soil of this soul. And what you and I cannot forget is that we were born unrighteous in the flesh. Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need a Redeemer. We all need a Savior. We all need to pay attention to the soil of our soul. But the reality is, these seeds fell among the thorns. The thorns were already there. I'm not talking about thorns that show up later. I'm not talking about seeds that the enemy places into our life later. It's already a corrupt heart. It's already an infested, infected heart. We need to understand that. And these are the ones who hear the word. And the distractions of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches. And the desires for other things entering in choke the word. And it becomes what? Unfruitful. And here you have another life that never bears fruit. Here you have another life that never brings forth a harvest, 30, 60, 10, 15 fold. It never brings forth the seed. It never is brought to full harvest. And please note, just like there's three degrees of fruitfulness mentioned in this and three degrees of fruitlessness, we also find that Jesus reveals three symptoms of a crowded heart as well. Three signs of a life where God and His Word are being choked out of existence. Choked out, read it, choked out by the distractions of this world. Number one, choked out by the deceptions or the deceitfulness of riches. Number two, and choked out by the desires for other things that have already entered in, Jesus said. All three of which are signs of a carnal and a crowded heart. All three of these, the the distractions of the world, the deceptions of sin, the desires of other things, when these are... uh, In someone else's life, church, there are signs of a heart that cannot produce fruit. It's a heart that's overwhelmed by the weeds of worldliness, you might call it. That's overgrown and crowded by by carnality, you can call it. And I'm going to teach you on this tonight. This is the heart that has never removed the roots of unrighteousness from the soil of its soul. Because the seeds of unrighteousness were already there. But this individual, this this thorny, crowded heart has yet to remove the seeds or the roots of unrighteousness from the soil of its soul. They might clip away at them, church. Might clip away at the the growths of of sin or the, the signs of sin. They might trim them off at the surface of the soil, church, like so many of us do. We try to trim the sin instead of digging up the sin. We trim at it on Sunday only for it to show up on Monday. We trim a little here and trim a little there and think it makes us look better and thinks it makes us more acceptable and thinks it'll bring us victory. We trim a little pride and we trim a little greed and we trim a little lust and we trim a little jealousy and we trim a little betterness here. We, we, we trim a little bit of our impurities. We trim away at our sins, church, instead of removing them from the soil of our soul. And when we only trim away at the sin, guess what? They grow back two times stronger. If you know anything about plants and anything about growth, when you cut something, it grows twice as much. And sin's the same way. You can trim it, try to trim away sin till you're blue in the face, and it's just going to multiply in your life. The reality is we've got to uproot sin. 
We've got to uproot these weeds. We've got to uproot pride. And we've got to uproot the impurities. And we've got to uproot jealousy and unforgiveness. And all these things, church, we can't just trim away at them. The reality is they don't come to fruition. They don't come to maturity because they've never uprooted the sin, never dug out the sin, never weeded their hearts of worldliness and carnality. And that's most of what we're going to focus on tonight. So the cares and the terrors of the world crowd out this heart. And they leave no room for God to grow. No room for righteousness. No room for holiness. No room for godliness. No room for the character of Christ to develop in our lives. It's not that this, get this, it's not that this individual has rejected God. It's that they haven't rejected the world. They haven't rejected worldliness. They haven't rejected complacency. They haven't rejected unclean living. They haven't rejected carnality. They haven't rejected the things of the world. It's not that they have rejected God. They received the seed, the Bible says. They just haven't rejected the world. This soul can be considered unsanctified. This soul can be considered unholy or ungodly or impure because of what's growing in its life. Remember, Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. You and I are going to be identified by what's growing in our lives. And listen, if we got junk growing in our lives, don't be upset when you're called ungodly. If you got junk growing in your life, don't get upset when when pastor uh, preaches a message and, and calling you unsanctified. Because we are, we, they know us by our fruits, church. And the reality is we've got to learn to dig those things out. Listen, Jesus is talking about a soul that can sit in church week after week and receive the seed but still not bear fruit. Why? Because their heart's crowded out by the weeds of wickedness, by the weeds of this world. They can come in on Sunday, come in on Wednesday like you are. Listen, I've been there in my life, and I know some of you too. You come into the house of God, and you receive, receive, receive. But it's crowded out by the things of this world, and it cannot come to fruition. And the goal God has for His Word, and the plans He has for the seed in your life, get choked out by the weeds of wickedness, church. They've received the seed. Like I said, they have just yet to reject the world or uproot the sin that's growing in their life. It's a life that's crowded and overgrown with the impure pleasures and the appetites of this world, church. Listen, it's where so many individuals are in the house of God. They receive the Word. Like I said, come into the house of God, receive the word, and some even receive it with gladness. But they receive the word and they receive the seed. And many of them say they've even received Jesus Christ into their life. But the sad reality is they have yet to deal with the sin. They've yet to deal with the unrighteousness. They've yet to deal with the weeds of worldliness and wickedness that are saturating the soil of their soul, the seeds of ungodliness and unholiness that have taken root in their lives. They receive the Word of God, but it's got nowhere to grow, nowhere to go. Because they've not uprooted those other things, church. They receive the seed, but they're still sleeping around. They receive the seed, but they're still shocking up. They're still having kids out of wedlock. They're still looking at pornography. They're still cheating on their spouse. They've received the seed, but they're still carousing. They're still hanging out at the bars. They're still cursing like a sailor, church. 
They're still filled with the weeds of worldliness and the, the sins of carnality, church. And because of it, they're fruitless. You see, you can receive the seed all that you want, but until you deal with the soil of your soul, until you're willing to dig up and dig out the weeds of carnality, the character of Christ, the fruit of the kingdom and the fruit of the Father and the fruit of righteousness and the the seed of salvation will not develop in your life. A harvest won't come. Listen, the first sign of a weedy heart is that they are crowded and unfruitful. They're distracted, they're divided, they're double-minded. This is the heart that, that walks the fence. This is the soul that Jesus calls lukewarm in Scripture. This is the soul that, that tries to serve two masters. But Jesus said in Matthew six twenty four, you cannot serve two masters, amen? Because you'll either hate the one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve two masters, Jesus said. But this heart tries to do it anyway. It tries to serve two masters. This is the heart that has not yet chosen whom they will serve. It's a heart that's not chosen whether they're going to serve God or mammon, God or riches, God or the world, God or pleasure, God or Satan. God or the, the flesh. It's, it's a hard church that has not yet plucked the weeds of worldliness from their lives and they have not rejected unrighteousness. You see, the reality is the sons and daughters of the Most High God, as individuals that want a spiritual harvest in our life, one of the first things we must do is reject ungodliness. We've got to reject worldliness. Paul said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of the Father. We've got to reject the things of this world, mainly because we're not of this world, amen? We shouldn't be partaking of the things of this world. We should be partaking of the things of the kingdom that we belong to, that we've been born into. But one of the first signs is a distracted, divided, and a double-minded heart. They try to serve two masters, and they allow other deadly desires to enter in, the Bible says. It's a divided heart. And a divided heart cannot produce the fruit of the kingdom because there's no room for it to grow. Amen? Remember Jesus said, Love not this world or the things of the world. For if the love of this world is in you, the love of the Father isn't. That's a bold statement. But Jesus is telling us that if the love of this world and the things of this world are growing in your life, God's not growing. Righteousness isn't growing. If the things of this world, if carnal things and and worldly things and unrighteous things are, are growing in the soil of your soul, righteous things aren't growing there. Godly things aren't growing there. Jesus said, he even asked the question, can a thorn bush bring forth figs? Can a briar bush bring forth grapes? No, because you can't serve two masters because sweet water can't flow from a sour well. He makes it very clear that until we dig out the the seeds of this world, until we deal with the root of unrighteousness in the soil of our soul, the, the, the fruit of righteousness can't come forth. Please get that. There is a root of unrighteousness within the heart of every man. 
It's the way we're born. And unless we dig it out through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ, the fruit of righteousness can't come forth. We have to grasp that truth and realize it. Listen, if you're struggling trying to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit, if you're struggling with love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, all of those fruits of the Spirit we talked about, you might have a few too many weeds in the soil of your soul. You might have some worldly things you got to deal with. You might have some carnality that you've got to dig out, church. We're all guilty of that. If we want to harvest, we've got to dig out the root of unrighteousness, church. The truth is the problem with this soul is that it has too many other gods before him. This weedy heart is an idolatrous heart. I said it tries to hold the hand of God and the hand of the devil at the same time. It tries to walk hand in hand with the world and God. Walks the fence. Little love here, little love there. Little love here, little love Can't do that and expect to bear fruit. You can't do that and expect to bring forth a harvest, church. They try to walk in the light and they try to walk in the dark at the same time. And they wonder why they're tripling and fumbling all over the place. Don't know where they're going. You ever go out of the dark and into the light and out of the light and into the dark? You can't see where... But that's what we try to do as Christians. And then we wonder why we stumble and fall in and out of the light, in and out of the dark. And we have no clue where we're going. And we need to understand that, church. You are children of the light. He said you were once of darkness, but now you are children of the light. So walk as children of the light. Get out of the darkness. Stop being unequally yoked. Stop hanging on to the the dark things of this world. Dig them out so that you can bring forth a harvest, church. And in John 8, 14, Jesus said, And because of it, because of what? Because they have a distracted and divided and a double-minded heart. Because they have an idolatrous heart. Because they're walking the fence. Because they're lukewarm. Because of the distractions of this world, their fruit does not mature, Jesus said. Please understand, those with crowded hearts, Jesus is calling immature. If you don't come to maturity, guess what? You're immature. If you're not fully developed, it means you still got a long way to go. It means you're immature. And Jesus is calling this heart a spiritually immature heart. I'm not. He is. They grow, but they never fully develop. They grow, but they maintain infancy. They don't make fruit. They don't make disciples. They don't multiply. Because their hearts and their garden are divided. Because their hearts and their garden are overgrown. And because they're overgrown, they can't come to maturity. They're immature saints, and the house of God is filled with individuals like that, church. Their lives are overgrown, so they spend their entire spiritual life in a place of immaturity. But remember, God said, my eyes wander to and fro across the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts are fully mine. Please understand, God's not looking for a divided heart. God's not looking for a piece of your heart. He's not looking for a piece of your marriage. He's not looking for a piece of your mind. He's not looking for just a little piece of your money. He's looking for someone whose heart, whose life is fully His. He's looking for that individual, like we sang, who puts Him right in the center of everything they do, in the center of their conversation, in the center of their ministry, in the center of their home, in the center of their workplace, in the center of their life. He's looking for someone whose heart 
is fully his. Not someone who's double-minded. He's looking for a heart that's not divided. He's looking for a heart that's not occupied by idolatry. He's looking for a heart that's not overgrown with the cares and the tares and the, and the riches of this wicked world. The fruit Jesus refers to in Luke 8 never matured because it was choked, he said. It was strangled by the thorns of carnality. Strangled by the things of the world that were never removed from the soil of its soul, church. Listen, that's what sanctification... And I'm not even going to get all into that, but that's what sanctification does. It begins to remove the thorns and the thistles and the briar bushes and the the weeds. It's another act of grace that, that we need to allow to be accomplished in our life. It's the removal of carnality from our life. But there's too many in the house of God who are still unsanctified. They receive the seed, but they're not rejecting this world, church. And they wonder why the harvest isn't coming. They wonder where their multiplication is. Listen, the cares of this world, the riches of this world, the pleasures of this world have the power to choke out our spiritual life. They have the the power to strangle our relationship with Jesus Christ. They have the power to stop the flow of the kingdom. They have the power to stop the flow of the Spirit from feeding the soil of our soul, church, from nourishing the seed that's in our heart, church. They have the power to keep us from spiritual maturity. And and one of Jesus' prayers to the Father concerning His disciples is that, that they would come to full maturity, that they would come to fullness, One of the greatest desires God has for us is to be fully matured as believers. Because unless we are, there's no harvest. If if we're not fully matured, there's no seed and the kingdom of God can't expand. Amen? I've already taught you that. That's why His greatest desire for us is to see us come to full maturity in our faith. But the the things of this world and the weeds of wickedness and and the, the briars of carnality, they have the power to keep us from spiritual maturity. The truth is this soul, this soil, which represents a soul, was filled with thorns. This, it was filled with thorns, but it still read the Bible. You see, the reality is this, this thorny soil, this crowded soil that Jesus is talking about, it can read the Bible. It can go to church. It can pay its tithes. It can sing in the choir. It can work in a ministry. It can be on the security team, the hospitality team, the praise team, the praise band. can be working with the youth. can be working in the media. can be working in any area of the church. This, this particular soul can be involved in ministry at the church and have its name on the roll, church. Because the Bible says this seed grew, but it was choked out by the world before bearing fruit. It was choked out before a kingdom harvest could come forth. It was choked out before it came to what we call spiritual maturity. So please realize that even when we give God access to the soil of our soul, there's still a danger of dying. Even when we give, this individual gave access to the seed. This individual gave access to the Word of God. And yet it was still in danger of dying. 
of not coming to maturity. Listen, I don't know what theology you believe in, but there's no such thing as once saved, always saved. Because the Word of God makes it clear to me that even though I received the seed into my life, I could still dry up and die. It's called apostasy. It's called backsliding. It's called lukewarmness. It's called falling away. Even after growth, even after receiving the seed, the Bible makes it clear that there is still a danger of dying. And it's why we have to tend to the soil of our soul each and every day. It's why we must guard our heart. Listen, if there was no danger of drying up and dying, if there was no danger of falling away, if there was no danger of becoming an apostate, then why in the world would the Word of God teach me to guard my heart? Because it has the danger of drying up and dying, church. I'm just giving you a little biblical truth here. Because listen, you need to know these things if you want to sow some seed into the lives of other people. This isn't just for us. We need to understand all of this because of the people we'll come into trying to bring them into the kingdom. You need to know the types of soil you will deal with out there. You need to know the truth so that the truth can set them free. And the truth is, there's no such thing as once saved, always saved. You know, argue that another day, I'd be happy to do that. But not from here, I'm just telling you that we must guard the soil of our soul and work with it because we still risk drying up and dying. One of the truths that Jesus is teaching the disciples in this parable is that it's not enough to sprout, I would say. Because that's what these did. They sprouted. And the reality is the house of God has enough sprouts. House of God has enough bean sprouts. Has enough spiritual sprouts that just pop up here and pop up there. It has enough individuals that have not come to, to fullness. The house of God needs some spiritual maturity. The house of God needs some individuals whose fruit has been brought forth to perfection, like Jesus said in Luke 8, 14, that, that our fruit must be brought forth to perfection. God's not looking for a sprout. He's looking for a harvest. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, He starts with a sprout. It's how we have to go. But he can't use a sprout. He can't multiply a sprout. The seed is what multiplies. And in order for us to multiply, church, we have to be brought forth to perfection. We must be fully ripened. But this heart that he's talking about isn't. It's immature. Paul said these are the ones that should be teachers by now. These are the ones that should be discipling others by now. These sprouts that you might say, these spiritual sprouts, they're the ones that should be witnessing. They're the ones that should be sharing the gospel. They're the ones that should be multiplying by now and ministering by now. But they're not because they're just sprouts. They're not mature. They're not leaders. They're sprouts that have to be taught the elementary truths of the gospel over and over and over and over and over again. They're the individuals that just weary out a pastor because the pastor thinks, good Lord, how many times do I got to tell you this? How many times do I have to preach this? How many times do I have to dig into the soil of your soul until you finally get it? You have to be taught the elementary baby truths of the gospel over and over again. Why? 
because the weeds of the world and the cares of the world and the pleasures of the world choke out their maturity and they remain fruitless. And again, the house of God is filled with fruitless followers, church. It's filled with individuals who have not allowed the Spirit of God to bring them to completion, to bring them to this place of perfection, church. They're fruitless and immature because, again, in the same passage, Paul says, because they aren't acquainted with the teaching of righteousness. You see, the saddest reality is the house of God is filled with individuals that don't have a, a, a whoop of understanding concerning the teaching of righteousness. They don't have a clue what righteousness means. They don't have a clue what holiness means. They don't have a clue what consecration means. They don't have a clue what sanctification means. They don't have a clue what what godliness means, church. They're not acquainted with the teaching of righteousness, Paul said. Oh boy, they're acquainted with all sorts of other stuff. Acquainted with the things of the world. Acquainted with carnal things. Acquainted with material things. Fully acquainted with Hollywood. Fully acquainted with the NFL. Fully acquainted with Cosmopolitan. Fully fully acquainted with the the fashions of, of this society. Fully acquainted with the carnal things of this world. But they're not acquainted with the teaching of righteousness. Talk to them about consecration. Talk to them about sanctification. Talk to them about deep things. They don't have a clue what you're talking about. Why? Because they don't have room for it. Because they're still filled with these weeds and seeds of carnality. The weeds and seeds of this this wicked world that crowd out, Jesus said, the fruit. Crowd out righteousness and crowd out holiness and crowd out godliness in their lives. According to Hebrews 12, the seed among the thorns is the soul that has failed to strip away everything that hinders it from growing. What was it the writer of Hebrews said? Strip away every weight. Strip away every sin. Put off. Dig out. Take up. Put aside. All those words. All of those sins. All of those weights. All of the carnalities. All of the worldliness. Strip it off. Dig it up. Take it out. Put aside all of those things that so easily hinder you and keep you from running the race. All of the things, all of the sins, all of the earthly cravings, all of the, 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 the thistles and the weeds of this world that have the power to choke out righteousness in your life. His answer wasn't to trim it. His answer wasn't to play around with it, pat it on the back, treat it nicely. When you read and study what Paul means when he talks about stripping off and tearing off, he's referring to almost like a cancer, a legion, something that is draining the life out of you. And he's saying, rip it off, dig it out, get rid of it so that the fruit of righteousness can be developed in your life so that you can come to spiritual perfection, church. I'm not talking about absolutely perfect. 
I'm talking about coming to that place in your life where the kingdom harvest is able to be developed in your life. But that's what this heart is. The seed among the thorns is that heart that has failed to strip away all of those things so that they could be fully developed in righteousness. Amen? James 1.4 says, as I start winding this down, perseverance must finish its work in you so that you may be two things, mature and complete, lacking nothing. But this soul doesn't persevere. This soul doesn't do what, what needs to be done in order to bring forth a kingdom harvest. Jesus is talking about here a heart that, that doesn't persevere. And because it doesn't persevere, because it doesn't do what's needed within the soil of its soul, because it doesn't dig out what needs to be dug out, they, they are still lacking, church. They're, they're incomplete. The seed among the thorns is the soul that still lacks. It, it lacks holiness. It lacks righteousness. It lacks Christian character. It lacks the, the favor of God. And it lacks the blessings of God. It lacks the anointing of God. It lacks the wisdom of God. It lacks the influence of God. You understand what I'm saying? This soul that he's talking about, the seed among the thorns, is a soul that still lacks. It's still missing something. And everything that it's missing are the things that it needs to survive. The things that it's... Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want to lack anything. I don't want to lack the anointing. I don't want to lack wisdom. I don't want to lack God's favor. I don't want to lack His blessings. I don't want to lack His power. I don't want to lack His goodness, church. And if I don't want to lack those things, guess what I have to do? I have to focus on the soil of my soul. Because there is something that has the power to cause that lack in my life. And it's the weeds of the world. It's carnality. It's the the wickedness of this world. And if I do not dig it out, if I allow it room to grow, if I allow it to enter in, like like Jesus said, if I allow the, the desire for what other things to enter in, things other than spiritual things, things other than kingdom things, things other than godly things and holy things and clean things and righteous things. That's what he's talking about. He's talking a soul that has allowed other things, other worldly things to enter in. And it chokes out the seeds of righteousness in our life. It's exactly why, listen, it's exactly why we have to be so careful where we plan ourselves, church. It's why we have to be so careful among whom we try to grow. We've got to be very careful as to whom and what we allow into our lives. Because planting ourselves in the wrong places, planting ourselves in the wrong circumstance and in the wrong situation, in the wrong setting, planting ourselves in the wrong relationships, planting ourselves in the wrong marriage, planting ourselves among the wrong people at the wrong time, and every single one of us know this truth in our life, has the power to destroy our soul. It has the power to keep us from maturing. It has the power to keep us from a 30, 60, or a hundredfold harvest in our life where we plant ourselves, where we root ourselves, where we, we, where we allow ourselves to grow and, and what and whom we allow to grow in the soil of our soul as well, church, is directly related to the harvest that we will bring forth. 
we allow the seeds of sin and carnality to continue grow, can continue growing in our lives, they are sure to cause spiritual death. Last week, the Holy Spirit was saying, it's time to break up the soil and seek the Lord. This week, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, it's time to weed the garden. Amen? It's time to pull out those things that are choking out our spiritual life. It's time to pull out those things that are keeping the character of Christ and the the character of the kingdom from developing in our lives. It's time to pull up the excuses that we make. It's time to pull up the, the sins and the weeds of this world. It's time to weed the garden of the cares and the tares of carnality, Jesus is teaching us here, if we want to have a kingdom harvest come forth. My last passage is in Genesis 35, 2. It says this, Jacob said to his household and all who were with him, get rid of the foreign gods you have allowed into your midst and purify yourselves. And I believe it's exactly what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today, church. Not just today, tonight, but today for his people. Today for this generation, today for his household of faith, I believe he's saying the same thing. Get rid of the foreign gods that you have allowed in your midst and purify yourselves. I believe he was saying stop being double-minded and start weeding the soil of your soul and make room for God to grow. I believe he was saying it's time to get rid of the sin. He was speaking to the people around him. It was time to get rid of the sin. Get rid of the compromise. Get rid of the idolatry. Get rid of the double-mindedness. Get rid of the distractions. Get rid of the the deadly desires. Get rid of the the weeds of this world that, that you have allowed into the soil of your soul and purify yourselves. In other words, he was saying, pluck up the weeds so that the that the seeds of righteousness can come forth in your life. Amen. How many of you want the fruit of righteousness in your life? How many of you want the seeds of the kingdom of God to bring forth fruit in your life? Stand to your feet because this is how we're going to end. If that's what we want, the first thing we have to be able to do or willing to do is to weed the garden of our heart. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. You see, we can't do this in our own strength, church. You can't overcome the weeds of sin on your own. You can't dig them out. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the cross. You need the power of the Word. You need the power of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that has the strength to grip at the roots of sin. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that has the power to uproot sin and death. It's the only thing that has the power to overcome carnality And the worldly desires that attack us each and every day, it's the power of the Word, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the cross, and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Close with this. You'll know as well as I do that it doesn't take long for a garden to be overcome or overgrown with the weeds. Weeds do several things. They rob nutrition, they rob water, they rob light, and they rob space from newly sprouting seeds. And in the same way, the distractions that we talked about, the deceitfulness of sin and riches, and the desire for other things, those three things rob our lives of the time and the territory that God and His Word and His Spirit and His will need in order for us to grow to perfection. So if we want to grow to perfection, 
If we want that fruit being multiplied in our life, tonight we have to say, God, show me the weeds. Show me the carnality. Show me that that worldliness that's taken root somewhere in my soul and give me the strength to tear it out. God, I'm tired of trimming at it. I trim at it every day and it's not doing anything. I trim at it today and I do the same thing tomorrow. We need to dig it out so that the fruit of righteousness can come forth. Amen. That's our prayer tonight. Holy Spirit, dig it out so that I can bring forth a kingdom harvest. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the power of your word, for the truth of your word and the revelation of your word. God, I I believe with all of my heart that you gave us this word tonight, not to condemn us, not to beat us up, but so that we can bring forth the fruit of righteousness, so that we can experience 30, 60, 100-fold harvests in our life, so that we can come to perfection in our spiritual life, Lord, that we can be fully developed and fully ripened so that we don't have to go through our Christian life as spiritual sprouts, fruitless followers, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus that you would give us the strength by the power of your Holy Spirit to reach into the soil of our soul and dig up the weeds of unrighteousness. To dig up, Father God, the the carnal cravings of our heart, the carnal desires, the weeds of this world, Lord, the ungodly things and the unrighteous things and the impure things. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would do what we can't do, but we rely on the power of the blood and the power of the cross and the power of your spirit and the power of your word to make us more than conquerors today. God, you overcame sin and death and the grave. You can overcome the carnalities of life and the cravings of life and the the distractions of life and the double-mindedness of life. You can, you can overcome the deceitfulness that tries to lead us astray. And I pray that you would do that. Let us be found with good soil like I'll talk on next week, God. But until then, I pray that we would toil with the soil every day. God, help us to understand that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that there is a work that still needs to be done in our lives consecrate us, God. I pray that if there's any here that have never experienced sanctification at its fullest, that that second work of grace would be poured out into their lives, God. That they would be victorious in their life. That they would reject the world. And that they would reject uncleanness. That they would reject carnality. That they would reject ungodliness so that the fruit of righteousness would spring up in their life. Help us to be pure people, I pray, so that your kingdom would come into our lives and that we could go forth and multiply the goodness and the graciousness of God. Take this word, God. Seal it. Seal us as we go. Be a hedge about us, I pray. Let us chew on this word, Father God, over and over. Let we always find nourishment in it. Let us always find strength in it. Let us always find a reminder in it, God. And I'll take us back to the song that we sang. As we go, as we live, as we move and as we breathe, 
be at the center of everything that we do, God. Be at the center of our conversations. Be at the center of our thoughts. Be at the center of our marriage and our lives, our homes, our relationships. Just be at the center, God, and let everything else revolve around that. We give you the praise and the glory, and we all thank you for your word and say, Amen. Can we bless Him tonight, church? Amen. Amen. Continue to toil with the soil of your soul until it rains and until righteousness comes forth. Be blessed and go in the name of the Lord. If you have a special need, we'll tarry and pray with you. Otherwise, go in the Lord. Amen.